Hello, everybody. I'm Harrison. And I'm Rachel. This week, we're talking about weeks 29 through 30 and how we decided which hospital to deliver the baby at. So stay tuned and join us on our journey to meet Meet Baby Baby H. H. So before we dive into this episode, I have to mention a little fun fact. So this is episode 18, and according to our content schedule, our birth story will be episode 28. So we only have 10 more episodes left in season one, which will be about 10 weeks. And even sooner than that, we will actually meet baby H. So that is super exciting. Today, we are talking about the hospital that we are planning to deliver the baby at. So if you grew up in a small town like me, you may be thinking, what do you mean? You have to choose which hospital to deliver your baby at. Most practices will usually tell you this is where we deliver. Or if your town is small enough, there may only be one hospital close by. Even if you're in a small town, you still are going to have a lot of choices to make, like whether you want to deliver at a hospital, a birthing center, or maybe you even want to have an at-home birth. And it's important that you talk about this with your doctor very early on if you're not planning to go the normal route. Harrison and I had decided that we are going to have a hospital birth. So what it came down to for us is where does our practice deliver? So today we're going to talk about our hospital tours and how we decided which hospital we are planning to have our baby at. For privacy's sake, we're going to describe these hospitals as hospital one, two, and three, and they're actually in the order that we toured them. It did work out that the first hospital we toured is actually the one that is our top choice, so that makes it really easy to follow. We go to a group practice, which means that we see a different OB or midwife every time that we go in. But on top of that, they also have three different locations. And we're in a city that has five plus hospitals. So at each of our office locations, there is a hospital basically across the street. And so our practice said, you can pick any of these three hospitals to deliver at. And we just decided that we would check out all three of them because we have the option, so why not? The easiest way to start deciding on what hospital you want to go to or really where you want to deliver is going to be insurance. You just want to make sure that anywhere you're considering is going to be covered by your insurance, and that's going to be a very easy way to maybe knock some of these hospitals off the list. Fortunately for us, after we did our very first appointment, ROB and the office contacted every single hospital to make sure that these hospitals were in network, and all three of them were. If your doctor's office isn't going to do this for you, it is just a step that you're going to have to take on your own, and just make sure that you stay in network. We go to the office by Hospital 3. So before we toured any of them, that's the one that we thought we were going to deliver at. Hospital 1 is about 30 to 35 minutes from home. It's the farthest away. The second one is about 15 to 20 minutes away. And the third one is 25 to 30 minutes away. And that's not a huge range of time. So we really felt comfortable with going to any of them. I feel like if you're not very familiar with the labor process, you could really think that you need to know like the fastest route to the hospital at all times and that as soon as it's time to go, you need to rush there as quick as you can, like blow every light. And as you find out more about the labor process, 
you're going to come to the conclusion that it's not really that big of a deal to get there super, super quick. So we're okay with a 30 to 35-minute drive. Obviously, we don't want a four-hour drive, but even if we're out and about in the city, we could probably get to any of these hospitals within half an hour, and we feel really comfortable with that. I think the only unfortunate thing about choosing the one that is the farthest away is if we are told to come in and get checked out and then get sent home. That would be a little frustrating, but we're hopeful that that doesn't happen. Yeah, so if you're unfamiliar with that process, when you think that it's time to go to the hospital, the very first thing you're supposed to do is call your OB's office. And they'll be able to provide you a little bit more information, and they might say it's time to go to the hospital. And if it's time to go, you drive there, you get all checked in, and you first go to a room where basically the doctors are going to decide if it's time to admit you. A lot of hospitals, even these really large ones that we're going to, don't have that many rooms. We're really surprised to hear that one of the biggest hospitals in the country has like 20 rooms for delivery. So they can't have you just sitting there waiting to go into labor. So they might send you home and then you have to come back later. So the tours for all of these hospitals were done virtually from our house. So Hospital One, they did it over Zoom, and there was a labor and delivery nurse that was kind of holding the camera and led us through. She walked, you know, where you enter, and you go up this elevator. She showed us, you know, the rooms that you would be in and was there to kind of answer any questions you had, and you could see all of the rooms live, and it was just a really cool experience. Hospitals two and three are kind of in the same like medical network. And so theirs were a little bit more corporately produced and they had, you know, a webinar style. So they had a PowerPoint and then a speaker that was kind of talking us through the PowerPoint. It's really weird to go on these tours and feel like you're picking a really nice place to stay because you're not. You're picking a hospital and you want to Find the place that's going to provide the best care for you and for your baby. But a lot of things that stand out to you are stuff that you would really pay attention to if you were picking out like a hotel. And it's just a very different mindset. And at first, it seemed kind of silly to me that we were doing these tours. It's a hospital. How different can they all be? But what we found out more in the tours was just like the general environment. And we could kind of like imagine ourselves going through the day there and that's kind of what ended up making our decision. Most of the tours are going to cover all the same information, like where do you go, where you park, enter, check in. They're going to show you some rooms, and they're going to discuss what level of care they're able to provide. They also are going to give you a list of supplies for mom and baby during delivery and postpartum. They're going to talk through the safety procedures that they have in place for security and, you know, baby examinations the day that you get discharged and also give you an opportunity to ask questions. I think it was really nice that these tours were done virtually because we could do them from home and we didn't have to go somewhere, worry about being around a bunch of people. It was just very relaxing and a calm environment to do this in. On the flip side of it, the benefit of having an in-person tour is that it would be much clearer where you're actually supposed to go. A huge part of these tours is taking time to figure out where you're supposed to go to get into a particular room, and that is very hard to follow on a screen. And only one of these tours did a nurse actually walk around and point you there. 
The other two tours, it was just somebody showing slides and they said, well, yeah, you turn here, you turn here. There might be somebody at the desk. If there's not, just pick up the phone and we'll go from there. And our number one hospital, we haven't even seen it in person. Number two and three, we drive by almost every day on the way to work. So we are very familiar with where they are, but I think it's in our plans to kind of drive out there just to see, okay, you know, we kind of see these landmarks when we're getting close and just not have our first day driving there be the day I'm in labor. Some of the things that we liked about the very first place that we toured, so Hospital One, is that you could request a bathtub. It felt a lot more personalized and less busy. It was really easy to find where you're supposed to go once you get in the hospital, and they have open visitation hours once the baby is actually there. With the pandemic, I also have been making a point to ask, what are their policies with masking and things like that? And this hospital, number one, was the only one that told us definitively, you don't have to wear a mask when you're in your room, which, you know, was very good to hear because I just couldn't imagine going through labor with a mask. And I really give props to all the moms that had to do that in the thick of the pandemic. We were really surprised to hear that both hospital two and three, they just flat out said, you will be expected to perform your entire labor with a mask on. And that just sounds really, really rough. As far as like the rest of the time in your room, I don't really think it's that big of a deal, but I just can't imagine Rachel having to wear a mask throughout labor. So our second tour is actually our bottom choice. Like I really do not want to go to this one. And some of the things that we did not like is that it is right downtown. And so that just comes with a lot of extra things that you don't have to worry about on these kind of outskirts hospitals. So this hospital has paid parking, which the other two did not. It was very confusing to get through. They have multiple security checkpoints where the desk is not staffed and you have to just pick up a phone and tell person after person why you're there and then be badged in through those doors and then go to another set of doors and tell somebody why you're there and be badged into those doors. And, you know, they said that I would have to wear like an ankle bracelet where if I left, it would send off an alarm in the entire hospital. That just felt very weird. There were a lot of things about this hospital that we just felt like it was very impersonal because it's so large. And there's nothing wrong with a big hospital. And actually, I could see why you could make a case for a big hospital because they provide a level three maternity ward, which is like the highest rating care you can get. So you know you're going to be well taken care of. But all of these security things in place, which I think are good, they make it seem very difficult to get in. And when you're in, it just seems odd. It's pretty crazy to me to hear in a tour that not only will Rachel have to wear a wristband and I will have to wear a wristband, but that the moment our baby is born, they will immediately be put in a wristband to make sure that nobody can take them off the floor. And while I know that that's very important to a lot of people, and there are some horrible stories about babies going missing at the hospital, 
It just seems crazy to have such an impersonal level there when it comes to your baby hasn't even left the room yet. They literally just were born, and now they have to have this wristband on. Yeah, and it is standard practice for babies to have some kind of identification that ties them to their parents. But the fact that it has like, I don't know, like a metal detector in it, it just seems excessive and very like a stressful environment to deliver in. Even aside from all of this, just getting to the room sounded so complicated in the tour, partly because it's a hospital. They don't have people to work all the time to just sit at these desks. And I understand that. But a lot of the times, these desks have very odd hours. So the only way you could actually make it all the way to your room and have somebody at a desk the entire time is if you went into labor at like noon. And their solution for this was to just pick up a phone that's hanging on the wall, unlabeled, and it should dial the right thing, is what they told us. And then hopefully somebody can get you on the right way. And I'm sure that everybody who delivers there, they figure out how to get to their room, and we would figure that out as well. But it sounds really complicated. I mean, you're basically guaranteeing that like, would you even try to leave the hospital to go get food or anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't really <laughs> think that I'm going to try to leave the hospital anyway because I can wait, but you're going to want some food, and the hospital provides food, but I don't know if that's the food that you're going to want. Right. But even from the beginning, the very first thing that the lady told us, is like, yeah, when you get here, you want to come to the yellow doors. That's the labor and delivery unit. And then she showed us the pictures of the doors, and the doors are all blue. So this yellow door system is a system that all the nurses and the doctors know really well, and I'm sure it makes a lot of sense, but they're there every day. And we might be there one time before this. So hospital number three is our second choice, and they are owned by the same like overall organization as number two, but they are on the outside of the city, so it felt like they were a little bit more relaxed about things. Some things that we liked is that they had a private discharge area. So, you know, Harrison can pull up the car and we don't have to worry about just anything else going on in this area except us trying to load up our baby and go home. Another thing that's kind of nice about hospital number three is that some of these security measures are backed off because the hospital is not so large. So Rachel doesn't have to wear this ankle bracelet that's going to send off an alarm if she leaves the floor, and neither does the baby. The baby still has to wear a wristband that's like identifying information, which is what I kind of expected. Even though this hospital is owned by the same organization, they're able to step it back because this hospital is not so large and it's not downtown in a big city. They also had free parking, which I just feel like should be expected. I don't know why you would pay for parking to deliver your baby, but I guess some people have to do that. And then just getting up to the rooms and getting checked in was a lot simpler at hospital number three. Still a lot of the same things where like you'd have to pick up a phone and find the right way, but there was a significant number less of desks that you would have to do that at. And it just didn't seem to be as complicated because the hospital is smaller. They aren't dealing with as many patients, so it's a little bit more controlled. 
So what it ultimately came down to for me personally was where do I feel the most comfortable because labor is very intense and stressful. And so I want to be in the environment that makes me feel calm. And number one had a lot of things that felt comfortable to me. I'm from a small town and it had a very small town feel with big city equipment. They have some labor soothing tools that I really appreciated. They were the only ones that could offer a bathtub or, you know, just little things like that that kind of set them apart from the other two. We're both from small towns, and it just seemed very different to hear about these really large hospitals that we're not really used to dealing with, and it just seemed very impersonal. When it really boiled down to how the delivery actually goes, almost all the hospitals have the exact same equipment. The rooms look almost identical. And since our doctor is going to go to every single one of them, I don't really think that the labor and delivery process is going to be vastly different from one hospital to the next. It's the getting there and the getting out and how people can visit us if we choose to go that route that just seemed a lot more simpler and much more relaxed. I also really appreciated that hospital number one had the tour led by a labor and delivery nurse. So she works there every day. She knew what she was talking about, the entire process of like, okay, you're going to go into triage and this is what we're looking for. Then we'll take you into this room and here's everything you can do here and how we can help you. And same with postpartum, whereas the other two, because they are a bigger group, the lady that did the tours only does the tours. She doesn't work in one specific hospital. She just works for the organization. Which they have nine hospitals. So she's doing the tours for all of them. Yeah. It just didn't feel as personal because she's she doesn't work there. So at the end of the day, we originally thought that we were going to go to the closest hospital to us. It's right next to our doctor's office. And we thought that that was going to be plain and easy. Simple choice. But after going through these tours, we were kind of able to see a little bit more about how the hospital runs, and now we're going with the one furthest away. At the end of the day, we tell our OB our preference. It does not mean that we will for sure deliver at this one place, and the biggest thing that could cause a difference in that is the time that Rachel goes into labor. Because if it's in the middle of the night, they may not have a doctor available to go there because somebody else might be in labor at a different hospital and the same doctor needs to be there. Yeah, so we're really just along for the ride, but we do get to tell them our decisions soon on, you know, which one we would like to go to if everything goes smoothly. And so I would just really encourage that if you have a choice on you know, where you're going to deliver, really take the time and explore all of your options because they are different and you will have a different experience based on where you go. So just do your research. Now we're going to transition into what's going on with a baby in this time period. We're going to start doing these a little bit more frequently because we have started going to the OB more frequently. So now we have an appointment every two weeks where we were going once a month. So to start at week 29, the baby is going to be weighing over three pounds and they're going to be 16 inches long, which is very close to the length that they're going to be when they're born. 
All five of their senses are developed and they may be able to smell some of the products that mom uses on a regular basis. So I've kind of joked with Harrison that maybe I should wear your cologne every now and then just so the baby gets used to what you smell like. (laughs) The baby is starting to sleep a lot more and they are going to have defined periods of wakefulness and when they're resting. So don't get too concerned if there's long periods of time where you don't feel them move as much as you had been before. A lot of people talk about kick counts and making sure that you feel 10 movements in an hour at least once a day. And what I've kind of gathered through talking with other people is it's not as methodical as that. And really what you should be paying more attention to is are you feeling your baby move? every day. When the baby is awake, some of their daily activities include making faces, hiccuping, swallowing, practicing breathing, pedaling their hands and feet, and sucking their thumb. Mom might start to have some added symptoms as we get a little further into the third trimester, and a very big one is heartburn. Everything digestive is just messed up at this point because the baby is so big everything has been like pushed up and squished and so not only does it take me longer to digest things but that relaxin that is getting your body ready to stretch during labor is slowing down how fast you can digest food and things like that so my stomach has been upset a lot more I'm starting to feel nauseous again and then the heartburn is getting bad. (laughs) Some people say that you get heartburn in the third trimester if your baby has a lot of hair. And so we can't really confirm or deny this. We'll just have to let you know in the future. But maybe they just have a full head of hair in there. I actually don't know if we're going to have an opportunity to find that out because I don't think we're going to have any more ultrasounds. But anyway, I've also been having some back pain. So like Harrison said, the baby is getting heavy and these like back cramps that I'm having have 100% made up my mind that I will be getting the epidural, no questions asked, because this is not even labor pain. This is like my body aches from carrying weight around and it hurts. So I am definitely going to take any pain relief that I can get during labor. So in these past couple of weeks, we just want to go over what's been going on with us. So most of the 29th week was consumed with us dealing with a car issue. So we are not car people, never have been, probably never will be. For me, I just want it to go and I don't want it to break down very often. But The car was not working, so we spent most of the week trying to figure out how do we fix it, and we ended up fixing it ourselves, which was fun, but also very frustrating. Yes. Shout out to Harrison, because he loves to learn for some reason, and was determined to fix the car, figure out how to fix the car by himself, and he did it. So, um, good job, honey. There were a lot of frustrating times and we bought way too many tools that we had to return. So (laughs) all is well and the car is back up and running. So that feels a little bit good. By 30 weeks, we went to see Harrison's family in Indiana. And this is the last time that we are going to be traveling that far until the baby is born. So we went over the 4th of July and we got to 
celebrate with all of them and then also work on this theater production that they put on every year. It was a lot of fun. It was definitely very different, though, because the past couple of years we have started just having a pool party as a family, which I've really enjoyed. It's a nice change from what we used to do all the time. But now that a lot of us are older, there is alcohol involved in the day. But this is the first time that Rachel was not able to participate in that. That might be the hardest thing about being pregnant. People listening are probably like, seriously, but I don't know. I like a good cocktail. So it was okay. I got in the pool, you know, taking the weight off when you're in the water feels incredible. It feels so good to be weightless when you weigh a lot. (laughs) Um, And then when we left, I had this realization that we aren't going back to Harrison's parents' house until our baby is here. And so I was really emotional that morning that we left, just thinking like, oh my gosh, we are about to have this huge life change in like 10 weeks. I think depending on the day you ask us, we're ready or we're like really, really not. And I'm really excited for them to be here. I'm just not really excited about the process of them being here. And then afterwards, I'm just nervous about what all changes. But I'm sure we will figure it out. Yeah. We also had our 30-week appointment, and the baby measured 30 to 31 weeks, so average to big. And, you know, any concern that I had, my doctor was just like, yeah, you're just pregnant. (laughs) That really has been their response anytime Rachel's like, well, I've been noticing this. Is there anything I should do about it? And they're just like, yeah, pregnancy just causes a lot of these things that are really just not fun. And that's it. You just kind of have to deal with it, which is really unfortunate. But that's the way it is, I suppose. And to end out that week, we went to work at a church conference And again, shout out to Harrison because he was amazing that entire weekend, just running around and helping people solve problems. I'm just amazed by him. But we keep getting in this habit of like totally exhausting ourselves, filling up our calendar, spending all this time away from home, and then we come home and we just are beat. Yeah, we come home and then we're just beat. Then we fill up the calendar more. (laughs) We had noticed that the weekend of the conference was very, very busy. We were very tired when we got back. And then like the first half of the week afterwards, we crammed full of even more stuff. So it just never ended. But we're finally getting to that point where we are going to start nesting and just getting everything ready for the baby. I've been making a little checklist of things that, well, I call it a wish list because I don't know if we're going to get everything done, but there are some things around the house that I want to do. And it is really funny that you just get this instinct to make your nest, you know, for your baby to come home and you want everything to be clean and neat and it's all going to get wrecked to the first two hours that you're home, but we do it anyway. Now that our appointments are two weeks apart instead of one month apart, things are seeming to be moving a lot faster. Next time, we are going to talk about weeks 31 and 32 of pregnancy and our maternity photo shoot. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Thanks.